last time I felt things were just right. Mm. At our wedding. <laughs> that felt amazing. Everything fell into place and all the planning and everything went well and then we got married. Well, and then it went downhill. And, no, it's amazing. No, but that's a, <laughs> it's only been know? three years. No, I know. <laughs> Actually, that's not the last time. <laughs> Everything's a bit warmer. Everything feels a bit better. Yeah. It's more calmer, more relaxed, more happy. It right. starts internally yeah. and works its way out. Yeah, it becomes physical, it, yeah. yeah. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Feeling Podcast. I know it's been a while, but I've been working on some pretty exciting film projects that I'll probably be sharing a little bit later. But for today, I'm going to be talking with one of my oldest friends, Sam. The both of us will be talking about the concept of doomed relationships. I mean, if you've ever struggled with feeling like you might be wasting your time in a relationship, and if you psych yourself out and think that there might not be a future because of clash of personalities, clash of values, clash of just differences in general, this is probably the episode for you. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Sam. Hello, hello. <laughs> so Sam, how long have we been friends for? A solid three days. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe a little longer, like 10 years. Uh, maybe a little more than 10 years, like second grade. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think I told you this story before. Basically, I was kind of being bullied by this guy. Let's just name him Jack for the sake of the story. And he was just relentlessly bullying me. <laughs> he would make me cry because I I don't know what it is. I think I was a very bullyable person. <laughs> back yeah. Then. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but like he just made me cry every week. And then I just remember you were the one person that looked at him and was like, shut the fuck up, Jack. <laughs> Which is funny because I wasn't thinking about that at all. I was just genuinely annoyed at him. No, I know. I, you, I think you found his voice annoying. I think that's <laughs> yeah. what it was. <laughs> But to me, it was such a big impression. I was like, oh, wow, Sam, like, he, like, really stuck up for me and stuff. I, I'm sure I felt, you know, now I think about it, I do remember you getting kind of teased a little bit during class by the more popular group. But yeah. I'm glad that you I had that impact, I guess. Holy shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so today we're not talking about friendship. I mean, as important as I think that topic is, we're talking about doomed romantic relationships. You and I, we always talk about everything and anything. And so we've talked about this topic before, but yeah. I really wanted to share this conversation with people who listen to the podcast, because I think this is something that is impressed on a lot of people, just this concept of a doomed relationship. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess maybe before we start, we should probably lay out what we define as a doomed relationship yeah my ex actually always called doomed relationship as red flags like right right one of the partners or both partners in the relationship see red flags in the relationship but they still decide to stick it out and then mm. two years down the line the relationship is over right and they could have saved themselves two years of heartache if they right. just accepted the red flags and moved on 
But I think that we both kind of agree that you don't really know if a relationship is doomed until after the relationship is over. Well, I will say I do think there are times where relationships are like obviously doomed. You can think of obvious extreme edge cases like a highly abusive relationship, right? There's many、mm-hmm. abusive cases where you ought not think about like the potential preservation of good experiences. In fact, it's that exact line of thinking: oh, he could be better, or he's getting better, or she could be better, she's getting better. That really, really sticks、uh, an abused victim to his or her partner.、Mm-hmm. So that has to be stated.、Um, but I think in general, yeah, I would agree. You can probably only tell afterwards. Yeah. And I mean, maybe right here we should just very quickly clarify that when we talk about doomed relationships, we're actually talking about committed relationships. So obviously, you can start off a relationship expecting it to be a fling, or thinking that it's not really serious, that you're just seeing each other for the fun of it, but somehow it evolves into something much more serious than you initially anticipated. And I think when You're in the committed relationship, and then you start thinking about: Am I going to have a future with this person? Are we going to work out? You know, what if we don't work out? If we don't work out, then why are we even doing this? Yeah, and I definitely think that's in general, and maybe in majority of the time, a wrong way to think about relationships. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird sort of hard line value analysis of relationships. That's kind of. Utilitarian and kind of cutthroat、oh, to、yeah. think that only the results of that particular relationship matter, and so if the results of that relationship was not marriage, right, was not kids, was not settling down, then it was completely fruitless. Yeah, I mean, I think for me at least, with this concept of doomed relationships, I'm constantly worried that. I'm wasting my time specifically with a romantic relationship because the thing is, I never have this thought of wasting my time when I'm thinking about friendships or family relationships, right? Right, right. But, but for some reason, there's a very unique expectation for a romantic relationship,、mm-hmm. and I think a large part of this is because. Socially, it's been imparted upon me that you have to end up with someone for the rest of your life. You have to get married, even culturally.、Mm-hmm. You know my parents, and I mean, you know your parents. And <laughs> even though they are much more progressive, they are still very much like, oh, if you don't get married, then he isn't really committed to you. You know,、yeah. or you、yeah. don't really love each other, and then even when I watch romantic movies, it's always telling me you have to end up with a person. So it's shaped my concept to think that if I do not end up with who I am dating at the moment, then all of it was just a waste of time. Yeah, you know, you can definitely see a lot of people with this sort of attitude, but that seems to me like a really I don't know. I, it just cuts out so much of what makes a relationship valuable,、mm-hmm. which is why I think you brought up the great point of you don't think about this in your friendships. An obvious response is because you don't, you're not going <laughs> to get like married with your friends, right? You're not going to probably not going to have kids with your friends, right? And obviously, you're not going to have the deep level of romantic entanglement and engagement and commitment to a, a friend usually than your partner, right? 
I mean, I don't know about you. I'm I actually I know about you, but like, I don't know about some other <laughs> people. Most people will have varying levels of friends, right? There's close yeah. friends, there's work friends, and there's casual friends, and then there's people you're friendly with. You're not necessarily friends. You can just like say acquaintances. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get along with this person. If you took that same analysis of a doomed relationship that didn't end up in marriage or whatnot. And you apply it to the friends that are not as close, right? Because you can say close friends are very similar to romantic partners in a sense, like very close people that you want to be with in contact and closeness for the rest of your life, right? You would do a lot. You would probably sacrifice everything. Yeah, fly all the way to Europe like three times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on a drop of a dime. But <laughs> I mean, um, a lot more than a dime, but... <laughs> yeah. God, I wish it was a dime. Holy crap. Um, but, you know, I like to think of instances like, um, like for example, when I travel and I meet somebody, like a friend of a friend, and we hang out for like a night, right? Like as a group. Mm. And we all grab dinner. Maybe, maybe a week. Maybe I'll see them a couple times in a week because it's my cousin's friend and I'm meeting them while mm. I'm visiting, right? And afterwards, I never see them again. Likely speaking, I will never see them interact online or in real life ever again obviously you can always pursue more and maybe if they want to as well then you can become closer friends right but i have no issue and i don't think people should have an issue of having people who were temporary slices in your life for a very very minute section of it and that person might not amount to any more than i had a very pleasant time and i enjoyed myself and that person maybe helped me experience things a little differently maybe Think about things a little differently. And even if they didn't have sort of impact like that, it was still like a positive overall contribution, you could say, to my life. Despite how weird that sounds, mm-hmm. you know, if you just hang out with somebody. I think sometimes people are way too narrow-minded and feel like if I don't see you being in my life relatively permanently or for a significant amount of time, I'm just going to ignore you. I don't know. That seems to me, it's like a waste of potential positive experiences. But also based on what? On judgment. Yeah. And sometimes that judgment can be so, so wrong. I don't know. I'm just thinking I have a lot of friends who would actually seem to be um, quite contrasting to my personality. And if I ever approached friendship just thinking, well, we're probably not going to get along because we're just so opposite of one another. So I'm not going to waste my time. Then you're already killing something before it even begins. You know, you're yeah, making yeah. this prejudgment without really giving any any shot to what it actually could be. And for me, if I look at those relationships, I think I'd really regret having ever done that because, I mean, some of the polar opposite personalities that are my friends are actually some of my closest friends, you know? Mm -hmm. And of course, this is relating to friends, right? And I think in a more romantic context, it's a little bit different because I think it's also much more about differences in how you you live or difference in values or whatnot. But even Mm -hmm. so, you also have that with your friends. I have sometimes disagreements with what my friends value and what I value, you know? Yeah, so I think like it's funny that we're talking mostly about friends, Every relationship is obviously going to be so different, right? But it is a natural segue because let's take the example of what your ex said about red flags, right? Mm. Which is obviously a very common concept. I think the difference of tastes and interests is far less important than the difference in values. Inherently, interests tend to be less valuable to a person's life than a value, Mm. right? 
it's pretty well established in psychology, especially that one centered around relationships and couple counseling and therapy that more often than not, differences in relationships that matter, that can cause or like lead to breakups. Mm -hmm. It's not so much a difference of interests. And interest is more so taste in music, unless obviously music is so fundamental to you. It's not like taste in food necessarily, things like that. It's more so fundamental values, like your attitudes and desires and goals for a family. Like if you want a family, if you want to have kids, right? Many times religion, religion matters a lot, things like that, right? You mean values that would affect your potential future together? Yeah. So if, if your partner really likes Italian food and you really like sushi, right? And you guys don't like each other's, it's not going to be like many relationships can survive that. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it won't survive like the first two dates if you guys just don't vibe and you really hate the other food. But in general, that's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, right? Mm -hmm. But if she really wants kids and you really don't want kids, like let's say in the next five years, that's a game changer, right? And that's just like values as opposed to interests. So I think many do in relationships, right? When people talk about um, red flags, many times it's things that you can overcome. Can you give me an example? Well, in the one I am in right now, uh, she said it from literally the beginning. We're very different and... I don't know how this will work out exactly, which is fair. In many ways, we are very different, um, just like personality. Uh, she's a lot more family oriented. Um, yeah, but so are you, Sam. You say that, but... <laughs> but it's still a stark difference if you saw how she is and how I am my family. Mm. And, you know, sort of like personality quips and stuff like that. Like, I wouldn't be as considerate. And I do agree, it was very different. And there was definite, like, hurdles in the beginning. Yeah. But... We work past that. Now, of course, I'm not saying that's, oh, you always have to work at it. Every relationship work out. But at the same time, if you're super defeatist about it and say like, oh, the moment I see some sort of quote unquote red flag, I'm bailing. I feel like many times they're judging too harshly. They're kind of hurting themselves before they can even start. Right. It's like they're giving the relationship a disadvantage before it could even really blossom. That I think is just, it's kind of sad, you know. But what would you define as values there? Because, for example, you're saying that you have different value in family orientation. Yeah. So she's very, very committed to her family, whereas you are also committed, but much less so, right? So already there, you could argue that there's a conflict Definitely. in values. But I don't think that's what you mean when you are talking about the conflict of values. No, I... I I still do to an extent. I'm not saying every value has to cohere because that is somewhat so rare, right? So like you can say my value of family is not as strong as hers in my personal mm -hmm. life. But on the other hand, I still share and appreciate her value for her family. And I'm willing to interact with her family, like hang out with her mom a lot, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's why I think it worked out in that sense. If I was somebody who didn't care to hang out with family, and I, when I hang out with her, I just want to hang out with her and like maybe sometimes see her family, I am positive it would not have worked out. It just wouldn't have. So I think that is very important. If you're struggling with somebody because they don't share or they uh, conflict with many of your values, mm -hmm. then there's real merit to perhaps you know, thinking yeah. about cutting it off. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's also about commitment. 
in the sense that I think that obviously your feelings for her are much stronger than just feelings of frustration about your differences. Like obviously you like her a tremendous amount to <laughs> want to be with her, you know, and want to build from these quote unquote red flags and these differences and try to make it work because you care about her that much. Right. But it's also because, well, especially because a relationship to you is more about just kind of living in the moment and enjoying the relationship as it is in the present. Yeah. Um, but then for, you know, people like me who tend to overthink a lot of things, I mean, in many tend ways, to, huh? <laughs> I mean, in many ways, I think it's a great thing. Um, it I is, think yeah. I would rather overthink than underthink, um, Definitely. but in, in a way it's a little too much sometimes because it does make me feel very overwhelmed about things that haven't even happened. And, um, <laughs> with all these social pressures, like growing up in the church, it was always said to me, you date for marriage, you know? Yeah. I mean, I obviously don't agree with that, yeah. um, but that's just the way that it was bombarded into me. And even having people I know who had shared their experience, and obviously this is their experience and I'm not invalidating that, but feeling that they had dated somebody or were in long-term relationships with someone and then they broke up and then they met their wife or their husband and they're like, why was I ever with anybody else? You know? Right. Yeah. It, that's such a, a sort of dismissive attitude. There's definitely relationships where you can say little to no value. And I don't think it's only abusive relationships. Sometimes you really just got nothing out of it. It's just a shit relationship, you know? But I think that is relatively rare in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Even if you do find your life partner afterwards, right? You know, like give credit to the previous person. You don't know how they might have influenced. Like many times people don't know how other people or things in general influence them until you like really psychoanalyze, introspect, talk to a therapist <laughs> perhaps, right? Yeah. Um, in the same way that it feels weird to throw away a former friend's existence and impact and influence on you is sort of weird and dismissive, like too dismissive. I think you have to take that exact same consideration when you're talking about past failed relationships, hmm. right? Because unless you truly got unlucky, which could happen, but unless you truly got unlucky, you're generally going to find some sort of value and some sort of positive impact from your previous relationships i was talking to someone and he said very similar things about his ex it was a two-year relationship and he said she was such a complete waste of time and i remember thinking damn that's actually a really really harsh thing to say of course i'm not judging him in particular because i don't know anything about his relationship so who am i to say but i feel like it's pretty damn rare to have an interaction with somebody else for so long that you can truly say, I got nothing out of it. I'm just like, damn, what are you doing every day with this person? You know, like, <laughs> how do you get nothing out of it after two years? You got nothing out of it? You know, like even shitty situations, you can get something out of it, you know? Yeah. Like if you have to treat the relationship like a war zone and like at least I got feelings of camaraderie with somebody else, then use that, you know? I think to only think about relationships for the end result, if I stay with this person, you know, just from the beginning, as I said, is way too dismissive. 
I mean, but I get it though, right? Because you're talking about committed relationships. Obviously, the natural inclination psychologically is like, oh, I'm putting in time and effort. I hope this works out. You know, I get that. Yeah. But you know, relationships should not be about a cost-benefit analysis. I mean, of course, you kind of have to have a very baseline cost-benefit analysis in terms of how this person is impacting your life. And I think more often than not, if you are in a long-term committed relationship, you would want somebody that does make you feel like a positive net balance, right? Okay, look, I think at the very core, yes, you want to have, and there is a sort of cost-benefit analysis. You know, we can... If you had to like economically reduce uh, our relationship, it's such a practical that. way and unromantic way of <laughs> <a> relationship. <laughs> but I think the flaw is when people tend to get too calculative in regards to their relationships while they're in it or looking at it from the future. You know, because mm. I think in general, when it comes to relationships and people are evaluating it especially when we're in the moment or like the right after it, they tend to be shitty. Like humans are notoriously bad at understanding where and how they arrived at their current psychology, right? We, we really suck at understanding why we think the way we think and who we are as people. Like introspection is a really hard skill, right? That I think, for example, you are really good at. Sometimes you go overboard, but in general, you... <laughs> You have a much more attuned sense of self and understanding of self and like emotional, like you have an emotional awareness that is, you know, more developed than most people. And that's hard to understand and even be aware of many times and like tell when that is relevant in a situation, but it is many times. So I think when people are like trying to do a cost benefit analysis, a lot of times they're like just shitty at it. And I think an important thing is to say like more times than often, the relationship wasn't that bad or you got some things out of it or just don't have that sort of attitude where you're, you know. Yeah, like not be so extreme in your reaction to what has passed, but be realistic about it. Yeah. I just don't think you can just call relationships worthless most of the time. Maybe doom is not necessarily the more important topic. It's if a relationship is like worthless, a past relationship is worthless. Hmm. I think for me and the journey that I've taken in realizing that if you keep thinking about relationships in futuristic terms, it either will work or it won't work. And if your mind goes into the possibility where it won't work, even if there's absolutely no indication of this relationship being doomed, but you freak out and start thinking that I'm wasting my time. Yeah. I think I've really come to terms with it because, yeah, I do see great impact in committed, long-term, honest relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And even if it ends up not working because people grow apart or, you know, if just something happens where you just feel that you can't be with that person anymore. Um, yeah. It doesn't take away from the meaning that you felt from this relationship in the present or past moments that you've had. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like hiking up a mountain and seeing that beautiful sunset. Not everything has to be a concrete, tangible, obvious value. There's so much experience and value you can get out of something that does not have to be permanent. 
you know, so much value is temporary in your experience with it. Mm -hmm. So just because a relationship is not permanent does not mean it will have any less value than your experience with a deep, seemingly mystical connection with nature on a three-day hike you had. I I highly doubt you would look back at that experience and be like, oh, damn, that was a waste of time. Could have been doing something else. No, that shit was invaluable. That shit was amazing, right? That has to apply to relationships as well. That has to apply. There's no difference in that. So then what relationships have you had, serious or unserious, that you recall that has shaped you into the kind of partner that you are today? They've changed me pretty fundamentally. Even the earliest one has taught me how to talk to my partner more. You know, <laughs> you know like, like uh, the high school, middle school, little flings or crushes exactly, and stuff like that. Yeah, when you're like yeah. on AIM and stuff. Uh, AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it taught you how to flirt, you know. It taught, <laughs> but not even just like, okay, how to flirt. But it taught you how to like almost like understand there's somebody else there and that they think differently. Like no matter how similar they think to you, they also think differently. Other things like how tricky communication can be at times. You know how so many times it's so easy, but so many other times it's so goddamn hard. You know? Those, for like better and for worse, I can definitely think of many, many cases where like that person was an obvious influence on my life. Even if it was 1% of my life, it's still something. And I don't regret, I don't regret any of those at all. I think in general, having regret is just like a really dangerous thing, right? Yeah. And I mean, I think looking back on those relationships, would you call any of them worthless? (laughs) Oh, definitely not. I mean, I think you answered that in your answer before, but... Yeah, yeah, no, I I definitely, like, yeah, there's going to be people who are passerbyers in our life, literally and figuratively, right? It's fine. I don't think you or I are trying to, like, argue that there's some sort of Zen ideal that everybody will be fundamentally incredibly important to you. You you know, it's not a sort of, like, new age mysticism where you have to extract this incorrigible value from everybody, you know? There's, there's people who are just passerby, who just breeze through your life. And, and honestly, five years, shit, even now, I don't remember many of these people, which is fine. It's just there's many other people who you might have a tendency to want to disregard in your life, but you probably shouldn't. Yeah. Although I am a bit worried that it's also becoming utilitarian in how we described that relationships do have a worth in your life. I mean, a value in how it's affected you in some shape or form, <laughs> you know? But to clarify, I think I see utilitarian, this utilitarian perspective as more selfish. Like, what can I get out of this relationship? Or did I get anything out of this relationship? And I think that's much more of an active mindset to have, like when you're actually in the relationship. But I think when we look at it from a I guess, retrospective point of view. I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing it more Mm. from a utilitarian angle because it is like, okay, how has my life changed because of that? And I think that's actually where introspection begins, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's your reaction to an experience that you've had, whether that be with, you know, a person or an event that happened, but in this case, it would be with a person, right? Right. Yeah. And so I think in that sense, it is helpful 
in learning much more about ourselves and how we can become better people and better partners. Yeah, and I, I, I like you bring up that point, which is a good clarification. Like, it's a lot more prudent and maybe even like <laughs> dignified to be a little more mm-hmm. utilitarian when you're looking back at a relationship as opposed to while you're in it. I do think in general, it's sort of a dangerous and somewhat toxic attitude to be in a relationship, you know, friendly or not, romantic or not, and think about, is this relationship worth it? Like, what am I going to get out of it? I do think that's sort of a dangerous attitude to have. Granted, there are times when that does matter. Like, you know, if you're thinking about, should I stop this relationship, right? Like, if you have a quote-unquote friend who's always putting you down, making you feel like shit, maybe you realize... You know, I actually don't like this person at all. This person is just being negativity in my life. You know, maybe not even a mm-hmm. friend, maybe like a a partner, right? You know, it merits a calculation, right, to an extent. But I do think in general, you know, it sounds cliche, but you should just enjoy the relationship for what it is and don't really think about what this person can or cannot do for me. Yeah. Or or think about it, but also allow it to start from a feeling. You know, like, I think the issue that I have is that I think before I feel. It sounds so weird because typically I feel before I think, right? But sometimes when I overthink, that's what happens. I just think before the feeling even hits me. Um, But I think when it comes to these kinds of relationships, you should feel within the relationship, you know? You should feel all the positives, make all the great memories that you have. But then also, if you do feel that this relationship isn't right, then it also warrants some thought, you know? And that's where you, you can and you should think. But I just think that you shouldn't get caught up as we've been talking about in the whole cost benefit analysis. Yeah. I mean, it's always a balancing act, right? Don't lean too far one way. Don't lean too far the other way. What's the balance? Hard to say. It is contextualized. I, I do think you bring up an important point with this whole topic. In general, people should really just give the benefit of the doubt just to like the value of your experiences. And people get sometimes too caught up with, uh, God, this person is worthless or like, man, I'm getting nothing out of this. Yeah. I was just thinking about how this conversation of wasting time is very similar to how I see networking events. Actually, I have a problem with networking because oftentimes, at least where I'm based in Brussels, it is very much about networking opportunities. And so you see people talk to you and be interested in you if you have a position that's of interest to them, right? Right. But once you kind of stay a position and it's not something that they're interested in, you can totally see them check out of the conversation. And it's a debilitating feeling like that, that one could feel because it makes you feel like you don't have a value, you know? Whereas what I would like to find with networking, more genuine approach to networking, is to feel that even if nothing, no business venture, no collaboration is going to come out of that conversation, you still engage with that person as if they were a human being, right? As if they, they had a life outside of business. And for me, that's that's very fundamental in the way that we interact with people. And it's just interesting that 
I'm overthinking this thought of doomed relationships when really in other facets of my life, that's what I value, like impacting mm -hmm. even just one person in one conversation. And that's what I want. And yet somehow in one of the most important relationships that you could have in your life in terms of intimacy and vulnerability, mm -hmm. it seems counterintuitive to what I fundamentally believe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're taking such a <laughs> almost like an angelic <laughs> perspective and like attitude towards, you know, things that normally people don't think of like networking business ventures you know obviously people view them as from a economic lens right you don't you're not there to make friends you're there to make money <laughs> and to an extent that's understandable but i definitely understand your point like can't we just make money but also be more human to each other right like i vibe with that 100 i think it's just when you're dealing with relationships it's like it's it's so obviously different stakes and it matters so much more to people it's like people get scared. People get worried, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like they're making a like a loan for a house or something. And people get really worried about loss of time, loss of investment. And, you know, there are some times when that does matter, you know? Like some people really want to settle down, you know? They're getting older and they feel mm -hmm. the pressures. Maybe they want to have a kid biologically and, they, you know, their biological clock is running out. Mm -hmm. I understand. But once again, I think what you and I are, I guess, preaching are we pastors now or we're preaching <laughs> it's like we should just be more human not calculators mm -hmm. you know so where do you see the right feeling in romantic relationships hmm. or manifesting in romantic relationships for me okay so for me obviously personally right given who i am mm -hmm. when i can have a day maybe not a day but at least parts of my day where I can enjoy silence and or minimal interactions with my partner without feelings of awkwardness or discomfort or like I got to do something. Like when everything is serene, like let's say she's on the bed working on her laptop or doing something and I'm on my computer doing something else. Like we're just kind of doing our own thing, right? And it's just us two, we're not really talking, we're not really interacting. Not that like we're in a fight or anything <laughs> like that, you know? But it's just a calm, serene moment. And and for, I'm the kind of person where like, if I'm with somebody else, I always feel impulse to like have to interact with them, you know? So I think it's like those serene, like comforting moment. Mm -hmm. And like, you still feel close. In a weird sense, you feel like you're, you're close with them and you're getting closer. You know, it's, it feels like, I don't know, it's just like a, it's, well, literally, it's like the right feeling. It's just like a good goddamn feeling where I'm like, man, I feel good right now. Like, I could see myself doing this, you know, all the time with this person, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> so, Sam, Samuel. I guess there isn't very much resolution to what we're talking about, apart from the fact that there is a point to doomed relationships. There is worth, <laughs> there is value, um, and that we shouldn't... Actually, this is actually a very good conclusion. <laughs> that, that, yeah, we should take our experiences and our relationships as they are rather than, yeah, I guess not so utilitarian. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, 
they should cherish the moment and not really think about the consequences after, to an extent. To an extent, yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound as good when we add all these clauses. <laughs> exactly. Exceptions. <laughs> anyway, Sam, is there anywhere that people can find you online? <laughs> there really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I totally I approach that question with trepidation because I know exactly. <laughs> I, I, you should I definitely knew. include it. <laughs> you have, if you want to contact me, good luck. Find me in Southern California. I'll give you that. Okay. You can find me somewhere in Los Angeles. Or, or Sam also DJs. He, <laughs> no, he has his own SoundCloud and I bet he's actually really famous, but I don't I'm know not. because Samuel will not tell anybody. And unfortunately for you, you ain't going to find out yet. So good luck with that. If any of you have heard Samuel's music, but you don't know it, Samuel, <laughs> message me. <laughs> Send me the link. <laughs> good luck with that. Is yeah, this, never. <laughs> was this the whole point of this? So you could send out a mass like, call for that? Manhunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Right Feeling Podcast. If you ever struggled with overthinking about the future, about wasting your time, or um, just struggle with romantic relationships in general, feel free to message me your experience on Instagram at the right feeling underscore. And good news is that I now also have a website. If you type in www.therightfeeling.org, you'll be able to find it. Have a great week, and I can't wait to feel the feels with you next time.